Welcome to the Blue Pod, recapping the Port Adelaide game. I'm your host, Tess Hampton, joined as always by Matt Duffy. Maddie, welcome to the Blue Pod. It's becoming a familiar feeling, this, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I don't know if I want it to become too familiar. <laughs> I'd like us to run away. For those who enjoyed Phil last week, sorry, it's just the two of us this week. Yeah, Phil was unavailable, but uh, you got some praise. Maybe we'll have to get him back again soon. We will. Obviously, Maddie, we're going to dive in, but my quick question to you off the top is my favourite one from Vossi's Presses. Okay. Are you glass half full or half empty? I'm still glass half full. Okay. Yeah. We'll explore why. I, I make the joke at the start of all our podcasts, if you knew, we do a four-quarter performance and it's starting to be a bit triggering, that joke. <laughs> we'll have to restructure the pod. We'll just have yeah. to do two quarters. That way you can Seriously. say it's a two-quarter performance Honestly, every week. Honestly, <laughs> because we just cannot put a full-quarter performance together on the field. Luckily, we do here at the Blue Pod. So in the first quarter, we break down the game for you, just give a general overview of the stats and how each quarter went. In the second quarter, we dive deeper into the plays. In the third quarter, we talk about the coach's box. So tactics and what we we made of the coach's perspective and selection and alike and in the fourth quarter we go through some of our fun segments such as the buzzword blues news and another bumper mailbag section with a lot of conversation coming out of this one maddie let's dive straight in yeah lots to talk about All right, Maddie. At halftime, I did not think I'd be reading you this score. <laughs> but Carlton, thankfully, defeats Port Adelaide 14-10-94 to 13-13-91. We scraped a three-point victory after being out to a massive lead, an all-too-familiar feeling, as you said. The goal scorers were Charlie Kerno with five. We'll yeah, to that. big game by Charlie. Loved it. McKay with three. Great combo from the both of them. Fisher with two. Martin with two talking point. You want a Fisher to give you more. Yeah, there he goes. He gave him a rev up and it worked. <laughs> Silvani and Durden with one apiece and our highest disposal getters with Walshy with 38, Hewitt with 33, Cherry with 32, then Williams with 24 and Cottrell and Fish with 22. Yeah. All right, let's get into it, Maddie. Break us down the first half. You get the good half to break down this week. <laughs> We're fighting before the pot about yeah. who gets to cover who what corner. Cover Lucky me gets to cover the abysmal second half. <laughs> well, I was really pleased to see them come out and they really wanted to atone for the game against the Gold Coast, I felt. Yep. And we went back to our strengths. So we were dominating out of the clearances. We had a heap of runoff half back. I felt like it was... Yep. Uh, I feel like a few times we've come in and I've said, we're not getting that runoff half back we had in the preseason. I felt they looked for that a lot this game. Yeah, yeah, so I agree. So Saad, Doc, Williams streaming by. Walsh was just running. He was ridiculous. Full pelt everywhere. I'm surprised he could even walk after quarter time. He, was, he had 15 disposals a quarter 16 time. 16 in the first quarter. My God. I know. He went berserk. And on top of dominating clearances, led to a heap of goals. So... Charlie got the first one real quick, ended up with two for the quarter. Just Mar- quietly, we should put money on him to kick the first goal. I'm pretty sure he's kicked the first goal within like 30 seconds. It's not a bad one. Yeah, we'll, we'll, uh, get you that in with first. that. Yeah, Charlie first goal and Walsh 30 <laughs> plus yeah. touches. Yeah, <laughs> for the game. Bank it. Every week. Charlie ended up getting two for the quarter. Martin had two really classy crumbs for two goals and actually yep. had a really good first quarter. Yep. Harry uh, was really solid, just chimed in for the one goal in the first quarter. Fish even got a goal in the first quarter. Fish even got a goal. <laughs> <laughs> so we ended up kicking uh, six goals in the first quarter. We were all over them. It could have been more. Uh, yep. We had Nunes, Charlie and Sauce all miss pretty reasonably easy chances. Yep. Walsh copped a whack to the face and didn't get a free. Oh, I know. Because he didn't do the lob 
didn't head throw. throw. Yeah. That far <laughs> enough. Needs to go and uh, learn something off Lockie, as you say. Uh, scoring from stoppages, which were non-exo- uh, non-existent last week, were back to our main form of scoring, and we managed to kick out to a 25-point lead at quarter time. So we're up six goals, four to two goals, three to Port Adelaide. And as you say, it could have been more. And when um, Charlie kicked a goal on the siren, which made it more reflective of how that first quarter actually went. It was probably well-deserved, wasn't it? Total dominance. Great, yeah. great response, I agree. When they started the game, I thought that's exactly what you wanted to see off the back of abysmal performance against Gold Coast. It was not good. And then as I think as you always worry about Carlton, you're like, God, I you know, hope we can keep it up. And they came in the yeah. second quarter and did pretty much more of the same. Fish kicked what they were calling goal of the year contender, which I don't think was really not, maybe not quite goal okay, of the year I contender, but it was now. a classy finish. I'm going to apologise. My husband went to comment on our social media, the Pod on Instagram, Fisher for goal of the year. And I said to him, don't say that. It wasn't goal of the year. <laughs> you're just all about don't the you fish. You're denying him from I giving shout outs to the Blue Pod. God. <laughs> Terrible. My apologies. Uh, lovely running though. Running, it was a Shooting in with his left foot, running into the left pocket on his left, putting it Beautiful through, but a great finish. Uh, Gray for Port got one of the softest free kicks and goals. He tried going for freeze. He doesn't do the Lockie O'Brien throw your head back viciously, but he plays for freeze the whole game, he Robbie ducked. Gray. He's he, so annoying. He lifted from the contact, I think if this is the one you're talking yeah. about, and then he went back and ducked into he it. Headbut- it was Hewitt or Parks, I can't remember, but he yeah. headbutted someone in the hip. Literally yeah, headbutted yeah, them yeah. in the hip and got a free. But even towards the end of the game, he was you know, know. constantly playing for free. It's a bit annoying. He I always, don't like Robbie Gray. I never feel comfortable, feel to be like honest. Always, on the one of those side. guys that seems to always us. play well against us. So annoying. Uh, but we were on a high. I felt like maybe there was a few times where it was sort of the commentators called it Hollywood football, but maybe a slight bit of overpossession where there was a few times mm-hmm. where they looked they were going to break the line, but they decided to flip a few more handballs around. But to be honest, I'd rather see them being a bit more creative than just bombing it all the time. So... Uh, while it was slightly annoying, I didn't find it too bad. Harry almost missed the ball with a drop punt set shot from out in front, which was what quite, is oh, with, quite what embarrassing. What is going on there? It's quite embarrassing. He's, uh, he should almost just snap it around the corner from everywhere. He can't go back and kick no. a, a drop punt. Uh, that it, was a shocking kick. It was it, it was embarrassing. He missed everything Yeah, straight in front. And there was one in the... The Coleman medalist, ladies <laughs> I think in the last quarter he had another set shot where he went for a traditional drop punt and it was straighter, but it didn't come off the boot any good either. Like he's, it's mental. I think it's in his head. He's got the yeah, hips massively with the drop he punt, does. unfortunately. Is it, the thing is, though, he's just so good snapping around the corner. That I know. It makes up for it so it's not all doom and gloom he's still kicking goals but it would be nice to see him straighten up a little i thought sauce and he played her i thought a really good game again yeah. i know we are uh, he's a bit of a blue <laughs> he's a bit of a blue pod favorite we love sauce and we can't help it if you're if you're not a sauce fan you're listening to the wrong podcast yeah, but his effort in the ruck in the second quarter and for the game but he was uh getting a heap of tap outs and i know they were up against a rookie in the ruck but He's so won the tap. He won times. heaps of taps and he was showing a bit of leap in the ruck and I thought he was really good. I was super impressed with our tackling pressure in that second quarter. We kept that up. And yep. in the end, um, Harry kicked a couple goals for the quarter. Fish chimed in with another. Kerno another. Sauce got one. Durden got one off a nice little crumb out front. It was great. Chera had 13 touches for the quarter. Much Huge improved game from, from Chera. Chera. Mm. Um, Hewitt with another solid quarter with 10. And at one point we're up by 50 points until Port snapped a point towards the end of the quarter. So he went in 49 points up at halftime, 12 goals, 6, 78 to 4 goals, 5, 29 and game over. That's what you would have liked to have thought. <laughs> I was relaxed. I was getting my Easter chockey out, feet up on the couch. But no, you can never relax when you're a Carlton fan, can you? I've got to confess because of work, I haven't been able to watch all the games live. And it might be my fault. So against the Gold Coast, I only saw a bit of the first quarter live and I left that watching it live, thinking we're looking pretty good here. 
I'll just so check you watch this. the first ten minutes. <laughs> yeah, literally. Yeah. And I'm like, I'll check the scores later. This will be another wing in the bag. And this one, I watch pretty much the first half. And at half time, I'm like, doesn't matter what happens from here. We've got this one. This is lovely. Yeah. And both times, I've come back to it later on and gone, what has I know, happened? Blue Crew Matt messaged me after the game and said, what happened in the second half? <laughs> and we don't talk too much about the game because we want to save all our candid commentary for this forum. But uh, I said to him, enjoy watching that replay. It was a total capitulation. So over to me to recap the joyous. Enjoy. Half of football. So at halftime, um, I was watching it uh, and hoping that we'd have a bit of a ruthless approach to the second half and really put the foot to the pedal. Not to be. We started actually interestingly in the third quarter, and you've just told me this, Maddie, but we were, what was the 43 stat? points up with seven minutes to go. Which surprised me because my notes don't reflect that because I was uh, the live emotion. <laughs> yeah, it's different when you watch it not live because you know like what the final fall. result's going to be. Yeah, yeah. I was expecting something way worse from what you had sort of implied to me and I'm sitting yeah. there going, they're not doing too bad. Well, it was six goals to one eventually in that third quarter. It um, was. And they, I felt yeah. like we came out flat and we squandered, I think it's the biggest halftime lead we'd had since 2012. Is a stat that I saw wow, flash that's up. that's a good one, yeah. And uh, I've written that we were not ruthless uh, and they scored just way too often when they went inside 50 in the end, obviously in the latter half of the quarter. There was something like six out of eight entries at one point and they just scored. It was just too easy. We started losing in the contested ball. Our structure felt a bit. They broke in in the middle and then the problem was we gave them a sniff and they were hanging around and I was thinking they desperately need to win port. Yeah. Our intensity dropped off and that's all it takes, just one percentage of it dropping off. Yeah, it wasn't much. Watching it, like we were still trying but we just the players weren't quite and it was in offense and defense so the players don't quite get to the same spot in defense which just makes it so much easier for them and then the same in offense they really don't quite get free of the play which means we don't get the opportunities we got early on it's amazing what that small drop off makes exactly just a tiny drop off from us and a tiny lift from them and the game flipped on its head Ah, the bombing out of defensive 50 just resulted in endless turnovers we'll get to that in the coach's box yeah there's a lot to talk about there's a lot to talk about there that's infuriating me a shining lights of that quarter. I thought Saad was okay in the third quarter and popped up and cracked in. Yeah, he had a good game and he's uh, so reliable, Saad. So reliable. Turns up when when the going gets tough, which is what you want more players to do. There was a big – Cottrell did a big tackle in our forward 50, so there mm. were some moments. But it just felt like we were flat and, like you say, that one percentage really resulted in a huge turnaround and it felt like deja vu of the Hawthorne game. Yep. We went into the fourth quarter and I was incredibly nervous and it started poorly. We lacked composure. A terrible turnover from Wiedering. That yes. shallow kick in the 50. Yeah, Wiedering had a few bad moments. He had yeah. a uh, bad one. Oh, I think it was Captain early Wiedering. on in the game. He did. Yeah, he did a really – a couple times he spoiled to horrible spots yep. in the game. Yeah, centred the ball for them. Wasn't his best game. Yeah, no, it wasn't his best game at all. He had some good moments in the fourth, a really big mark right at the end, which we'll get to. Yeah, he looked better when he went loose at yeah. the end. Yeah, which was his saving grace because up until that point, I thought it was one of his poorer games, some poor decision-making. Harry missed a really important goal that we needed yep. him to slot, but luckily Charlie got the goal that eventually got us over the line. But they were coming. When Robbie Gray kicked that goal and got them within two points, oh. I thought game over. You'd think so. What? Yeah, I, I slammed the remote I don't get the – yeah, didn't get the same because I knew the result. I didn't get those same vibes. But being there, I imagine it would have been very similar to that one where at the ground – would have been Hawthorne, I think. And, yeah, yeah you just thought there's no way. I thought, no, they've, they've won it. They've won it. They got within two points. But then that last six minutes, I think Voss called it, called it out in his presser too, we did lift. The intensity did come back into it. Yeah. It did feel like we were lucky to hold on. But there were some big marks. I thought Newman took a couple important grabs. Young did one intercept mark, which was a shining light and another not got his, so Got a couple good, uh, good spoils in the end there, Young too. Yeah, yep, he did. And then Harry's mark at the end was obviously huge. Massive. And that was game. That was yep. the game there. And that was the only time I relaxed. So 
It was really disappointing. We were really lucky they didn't steal the game in some ways. I mean, I don't want to put it all down to luck. We've come away with the four points and I'm not class half empty. We've been Port Adelaide who thumped us by, what was it? Like 95 points last 95 time. And it points. wasn't even that long ago. That was towards the end of last season. It was like six season. rounds ago or something. Yeah. You know, so if you look at that, I mean, I'll take the win every day of the week. But obviously considering where we were at halftime, it was a really disappointing capitulation and I was going to be filthy <laughs> if we lost that game. And in the end we won it and I was still a bit filthy after – we won it, but overall, having had time to calm down, really glad we came away with the win, but there's a lot to dissect about why we're falling away like this. Any stats, Maddie? Let's have a look at the stats. Uh, I know there's one that I was keeping an eye on for this week, uh, which improved greatly, and it was four tackles inside 50. Oh, good. Actually, there was Fisher did a forward tackle in the first quarter, and they flashed DeVos in the coach's box, and he did a big... Oh, I missed that. Yeah, Yeah, okay, that's great. He really loved it, which was good to see. And I thought, um, yeah, Cottrell had a couple forward 50 tackles as well, which might, we'll get to it, but justify the selection of players like that. It did. I thought Cottrell had a good game. Mm. Disposal-wise, once again, uh, we were well on top. I mean, the game we're playing where we flicked the ball around a lot, handballs, we had 202 to 117. So we're a handball-heavy team. Yeah, but that's the way we've been playing to try to work our clearances. So we won disposals. Uh, we just won the inside 50s, 40, 50 to 47, but that's probably how the game felt, so it's probably sort of fair enough, yep. fairly even going inside 50. The free kicks were pretty even. With them having the rookie ruck uh, maze, uh, we won the hitouts 38 to 24. On the free kicks, obviously it all comes out in the wash, but that George Hewitt at the very end where he tackled him and he just oh, dropped the ball. holding the ball, cool. And then they called a – Everyone was confused by that. Was a t- and they let a lock go at the end as well. Oh, it's just ridiculous. Like, is holding the ball dead? You yeah. just, just drop it. That's what about, fine. What about the one where Sam Pepper Powell was in the ruck against Harry in the forward 50? Do you oh, remember that one? And he literally just cannoned into yeah, the back of him. because it, r- Harry was going to be all over him. So yeah. he played dirty and the umpire's like, well, good, it's Harry. Let Hey, do whatever you want. Yeah, he gets a right. When, when he did take that mark, he did miss the shot in the last quarter. But Harry, he got a free for holding and marked it. It was a two yeah. on one. And I swear Harry muttered something to himself like, you know, I don't know, in my mind it yeah. was like, I'm just going to do it myself. Like I don't have to, I'm not going yeah, to worry gonna, about the free kicks. Yeah, this, we needed more of these. <laughs> yeah, we needed a lot Hold more of those. So the clearances, we won 38 to 33. We won the centre clearances 17 to 11. We actually lost the clearances by one around the ground, but in general we had the... Interesting, because we dominated in the first half. Dominance in the clearances. Clangers, 62 in our favour to 46. Yep, we had a few more turnovers. They had more marks inside 50, which is funny, isn't it? Just uh, goes to show how that doesn't feel like it sometimes. Well, they did score, uh, like we said, in that third quarter. Any time they went in, it, it resulted in the score. Uh, and there wasn't too much else to speak of, but the tackles inside forward 50. What did we have last week? Two for the yeah, whole game? Terrible. What did we yeah, have this like week? 16 this week. Oh, good. Yeah, that's, much that's better. Much so 16 better to 10. But it, I think the stats just reflect we probably got back to, using coaching terms, playing our way or whatever yeah. they say nowadays. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, you know, tackles inside forward 50, lots of possession you know sort of leads to so we're a contested sort of style when we're on as Voss says when we're looking good we're looking good I I think it our best is better than it's been in a while it's just that our best is is still conceding a lot of goals against yeah but if you want to go with our glass half full which is the side we're going to be this looking at where our list profile's at and I know we're sort of looking a bit here to coach's box but this should be the worst we ever are with Voss yeah, oh, of course. Because he's still learning the list, the players yeah. are learning the game. We sh- yeah. This should be our worst 
performance as a team. We should only get Under better him. over the next three or four years. And he said that in his presser, like he is relieved to have won, but he said that where we want to be at the end of the year is yeah. miles from where we are. And I'm sure he's tinkering. I mean, we're, we're looking at, you know, two Ruckman, one Ruckman, yeah. S- yeah. extra small forward, extra midfielder. There's a lot of tinkering going on with the game plan. So it'll Absolutely. be interesting to see how it plays out. Well, that's a teaser season. for the third quarter in Coach's Box. But before we do that, let's jump into the second quarter, Maddie, and talk about the players. All right, Maddie. let's talk about the players. Again, a tough one to assess with a lot of performances fading out. But, yeah, I mean, from the top, do you want to give me your boy and your whipping boy? If you're new to the pod, your boy is the person that you enjoyed that game and you loved what you saw from them. Doesn't mean they were the best out there, but you just loved it and you were behind them. Your whipping boy, just someone who needs to lift, give them a rev up like I did to fish last week and, and hope they respond in a similar manner. <laughs> I had a couple I was tossing up between for my boy this week yeah. and neither of them will feature in my votes. Interesting. But I was really happy with the way Lewis Young bounced back this week. He's wow. going to be my boy this week. He had okay, a re- I thought he had a good young. debut. He Interesting. I'll give it to you. Good call. Excellent call. Sausage call. We he dropped that, his that sound effect might be grating. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Listeners will find a new We're good working call on it. <laughs> when I get a day off work, I will come up with some new ones for yeah, everyone. Yeah. I was just really pleased that he bounced back from last week and I thought he was really good down back. I only remember one goal getting – I'm sure there was others – only one goal getting kicked on him. Unfortunately, it was right at the end. But uh, he had some really timely spoils. Yep. He looked really dependable down back. The only thing I think he's lacking, which I'd love to see him add, and I'm not sure how old he is off the top of my head. He's not that old. Mm. Yeah, we'll have to – I don't know. I'm assuming he's – I think he's around 22, 23, but he may be a bit older. I'm not sure. I'd love to see him put on a bit of size is the only thing for a key back. That's a good person to have as your boy because we really need him to develop in that position. We need someone there um, filling that role. So so I like that. Good call. What about your whipping boy this week? My whipping boy is going to be Kennedy this week. Oh, you've, you, you're not. Did I steal it? Oh. <laughs> we're on the same page. I actually found it hard to pick the whipping boy same. this week. I but we can agree. The, yeah, we're agreeing. Why so is, tell me why. Okay, I'll go with mine is that Kennedy is in the team for a very specific role and his role is to be a contested ball player. Yeah. That's what he's there for and he does float forward. He's good aerially but his fitness is not where it should be for a midfielder. Yep. And that's reflected by his time on ground. His time on ground every week is 60 to 70%. Uh-huh, interesting. So we're I hadn't noticed. essentially carrying him in the midfield, whereas you look at all the other midfielders, they're normally high 70s, 80% time and on ground. And running that butts off of your Sam Walsh. And one thing our team is obviously struggling with is a little bit of fitness and running out games. And I think if you're carrying someone like Kennedy, because yeah. we're trying to play our ace, which is contested ball, so I get why yeah. we're doing it. But if... We're going to be doing that. Kennedy has to have an impact. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Obviously, I do agree, so I'll say it now. <laughs> um, particularly, as I said last week, in Cripps' absence, and he's gone from being almost my boy the first oh, three rounds. He was end of shining game. light for the first three rounds. And it's just so disappointing to see him drop off so drastically right when we needed him to step up. Yeah. I really Last week, I could almost excuse it. Cripps went off during the game. The team was down. But I thought this week... He should have mentally prepared to think, no, this is my week. I need to get in there and crack in and lift and yep. get that contested game going. And he went missing at a critical time. Yeah, he did go missing a bit. I think it was. I don't think it was lack of effort. And he, I had a look and I was surprised he had twenty touches. Yeah, I saw but that it's too. been two quiet weeks in a row. Yeah. That's why when I, we needed him to lift. Yeah. So 
I'm with you on that one. Good so call. if that was your whipping boy, who was your boy this week? My boy was also a bit more left of field. I can't recall a few features in my votes. He gets one vote from me okay. and it's a random one, but it's Pittnet. Oh, yeah. I like that one actually. Pitto's my boy this week. I think off the back of you don't know what you got till it's gone. <laughs> off the back of missing him last week. I just really noticed him this week. He, I looked for him too. Yeah. yeah his involvement at the ground great. level is way better than I remembered after so much better. TDK. He just makes a, a, such an impact around those contests. There were so many times the the tap he was in charge obviously he was playing a rookie yep. not very experienced ruckman uh but yeah he's working around the ground he went at one point he was on the wing and he ran and picked up scooped up the ball and dished out the handball he's just very uh, good yeah i'm really enjoying what i'm seeing from him so he's my boy this week one thing i did notice when he wasn't in the ruck and i don't think it's normally as noticeable when we have crips in there because crips is ruckman size almost yeah when we had sauce rucking one time there was a bit of a rolling mall and it was you know walsh and chera and probably hewitt and sauce and they're all sort of everyone was moving with the ball yeah but there was and they're sort of trying to grab it yeah and there was no big body just to crash through like if pittonette was there he would have just smashed into the mall and it would have sent the port adelaide players flying may yeah. have freed it up a bit and exactly. that maybe normally um Crips role as well but i think he's really important to us i think he's been a bit unsung so i wanted to give him a shout out this week um what did you make of the players we brought in? And we'll get to the selection and coaches box, but there was some. We brought the axe so many. Was swung. Yeah. Um, so do you we want had me to recap who we brought in for you. Yeah, let's, let's we'll list them out. We'll just do it now. So we dropped TDK, Plowman, Lockie O'Brien, Boyd, and Fogarty. Had no dramas with any of those. Obviously, Crips couldn't play. Yeah. Um, and we no dramas with any of those. That's interesting. Yeah. And we brought in Nunes, obviously Pitto. Durden, Cottrell, and Parks. So I guess I'm asking about Nunes, Cottrell, and Parks because Pitto and Durden, we would have assumed, would come in. Nunes, you get exactly what you expect. And I don't think he had a great game. I don't think he had a bad game, but he slotted in. He did miss a couple shots of goal, which I would have liked to have seen yeah. him hit. Uh, it was a bit slow, I thought, at times as well when we're yeah. trying to move it on. But anyway, he was fine. And to be honest, I watched a bit of the reserve game and all the people you'd want to stand up in the reserves game didn't. So and they lost, didn't they? They did lost. They got uh, – early on it was looking ugly. They got absolutely pummeled early by the Tigers oh. and then sort of made it respectable at the end. Uh, Cottrell – I thought it was good. Good game from Cottrell. I was really impressed. Yeah. Better than I remember him being. Yeah. Uh, he seemed to have really improved. So I was really – I thought that was a really good step up for Cottrell this yeah. week. I was impressed too. I was ready to um, not be impressed by him. But uh, at multiple moments I thought he applied really good pressure, which is what we want. What about Parks? That was an interesting one. You didn't notice he was there. And I see where they brought him in. I think they wanted that extra tall rather than a rebounding – yeah. Type player. And I think the replacement for Plowman, I think they were just restructuring. I think Plowman just wasn't quite playing as a tall enough defender. And Stocker's too short to come in, you think? Yeah. And it allows things like um, Weedering to free himself up at the end, knowing that you've got yeah. Parks and Young to, to pick up the, the tools. So yep. I didn't mind that either. Yep. A couple of players I think we should give a shout out to because they've been much maligned, but they lifted. Martin and Fish. What did you make of that game? Thought Fish had a really good game. Yeah. And then it it was a classic Martin game. Stunning first quarter into obscurity. Yeah. Pops up at the end, like throwing it all on the line. He had, I wrote down my notes, possible turning point when I watched in the third, when it was still up in the, uh, the game was still up up for grabs. Like we were still dominating, but Port were obviously pressing and Martin got on the end of a really nice bit of play and had a set shot from 40, 45 out. And Martin can make the distance, no problems. And you'd expect him to kick that for someone who's, so skillful, as yeah, they always tell yeah. us. And he missed it. And I thought, oh, yeah, that's, like that's you could feel moments. everyone drop their heads a bit. Like that was our chance to, to peg one back. Yep. Martin's just, he's frustrating. He's so, uh, like, he's electric and exciting when he's involved. He had those 
fantastic pickups and goals in the first uh, quarter and you, you just want him to carry on for the it's game, but he disappears. Same dilemma as you have with Lockie O'Brien, I feel like. It's like he has moments oh. that are really good, but he has moments yeah. that are really bad. And Martin doesn't necessarily have the big mistakes that cost you badly, but he just almost he does. He just disappears at times. Yeah. Yeah. But it was nice to see Fisher have a really solid game. Yes, Fisher had a really good game. He seems to be getting a little bit better every week. Yeah. He kicked a couple goals, got a heap of touches. He was running a bit more with the ball. Yeah, yeah, which was really good to see. Now we can't not talk about the forward line, Harry and Charlie. Oh. Amazing. Best key combo in the, in the, the league easily. Yeah, absolutely. Good call, excellent call, sausage call. That, that'll be it. for the, the <laughs> <laughs> I know, I'm worried of pushing it too know, much know, after that I comment. I agree, it is. They are. They were amazing. I, re- I saw a stat, they've kicked uh, like 51 or 52% of our goals between them. I have no problem with that. Which is though. what you want. It is, and then you surround them with the smalls to crumb off them. Yeah. It's ideal. Uh, and that's uh, this is what I love from Harry this week, and I know it's all about Charlie, he kicked the five, and don't get me wrong, he played a fantastic game and won the game for us with that last kick although Harry did the mark. But Harry was constantly crashing the pack and creating those opportunities, bringing it to ground. There was that goal that Durden got, I think, where Harry yep. came over the back and, and crashed. And he's just he has so important and his second efforts, he's really matured this year. He's I'm really, really picked loving up. It. His defensive work and his, his efforts to chase and stuff is the best it's ever been. It's fantastic. Charlie is definitely reaping the rewards. Charlie's, yeah. well, he's a key forward. He's not horrendously tall, but he's so agile on the ground. So Charlie gets to choose what he does. Yeah. I feel like they've got a bit of an understanding if the ball goes in deep, normally it's Harry who flies and Charlie decides if he flies or not. Yeah, yeah. So Charlie can either slide in and take a cheap, like an easy mark, cut him out. Yeah. Or he can stay down and crumb, which he gets goals from crumbing too. So I think that's – It's a great He owes Harry. But one thing I thought was really interesting uh, just shows maybe the uh, team-orientated mentality – especially coming from the Colin medals, the first goal that Charlie kicked in the first quarter, yeah. socket off the ground. He had Harry right in front of him in the goal square yeah. and didn't give yeah. it to him, but socket it through. And Harry was so Pumped. excited when he totally. kicked it. Yeah, yeah, he wasn't angry. He wasn't like, no, I'm no, right he here. Both fist pumps, yeah. just loved it. Which and I, I think, think showed they want everyone to just be involved. I love that too. The chemistry between them as well. You could see then they there was one point where they were both on the bench, which was alarming, but they were. That seems like an error. A, that was an error. <laughs> but they were chatting to each other and you can tell that they've got they've got a good um, chemistry and relationship there. But, I yeah, I loved what I saw from both of them. Charlie just so, so good. He yep. was super exciting um, doing what he does. But, yeah, for me, Harry was just as good, if not better. So love to see it. Um, anyone else in the forward line that caught your eye or you think is in trouble? What about Owies? Why are we kicking it to Owies so often? We kicked it to a few smalls. And my theory with that is a few times the smalls ended up contesting the ball, they will position themselves in front of the tall and the tall sets up behind them. Right. And then some. this is my theory, without actually being able to see it full ground, but definitely happened a few times. The hurried kick comes out and doesn't have the penetration of a normal kick. Yeah. So yeah. it doesn't get to the tall behind them. Yeah. And then it falls on top of the small and then the small's up against the defender and they tried and that annoyed me a few times this week. And I think it's also a result of us playing one less tall in the forward line. Yeah. But I probably prefer us having the extra small for defensive pressure. So if, there's gonna, if they're going to get outmarked a couple times a game, I'd rather that and be able to apply the defensive pressure I think so. And Owies did have a couple forward. moments where he did some some big tackles. and I feel like they're a nice um, combo, that they're always dirt and fish. Yeah. Um, I, don't mind I really like that combination. I'm not convinced about Martin still. I'm still up in the air on him and he'll probably hold his spot because he had some good moments. But Yeah. No, I agree. Uh, Motlop could come in at some point and, and take his spot. Yeah, Motlop didn't have a great game in the reserves either uh, though. Okay. Yeah. Well, hopefully one day. Um, I feel like the unsung heroes that we touch on each week and we don't give them enough credit, Hewitt and Chera. I know, especially Hewitt. I felt Hewitt especially, yeah. He had a really good game. He's 
I think uh, Voss made comments about like you just don't have to worry about him. So dependable. Yeah. Chera had a bit of a quiet few games there, but really had a good probably his best game so far maybe of the yeah. year tonight. I'm just or wondering the other night. What who faded though? Because Chera was great when we were on, but and we've got to get to this in the coach's box. But we're talking about the players that played well, but but what what went wrong? Who faded? It's just well, Walsh, for example, blitzed and maybe exhausted himself, but still played a, an incredible game with 38 possessions. So I, I guess if things turned for us, it was in the third. Possession-wise, Chera had 10 touches in the third. Oh, good. Which was good. Actually, maybe it was the third quarter where it was a classic Chera quarter. Though. Um, I'm trying to remember. There was one quarter where I thought he really stepped up. Uh, Walsh only had the well, – I'd say only. He racked up probably a heap of possession at this point. Walsh had seven. Setterfield had seven more on the wing. But really out of our key midfielders, uh, Chera 10, Walsh 7. And then I have to scroll down a fair way. Kennedy 5, Hewitt 5 to get to those guys. Nunes only had three touches. Uh, yeah, and defensively, and it was just all happening too easily at that end of the ground. And then the last quarter, it was Walsh with eight, Hewitt with seven, Chera only with five, uh, Kennedy only with three. That's what we mean. That's why he's our whipping boy this week. Where were you, Kennedy, when the game was there to be won? He is. And think as a midfielder, the longer the game goes on, maybe the more touches you get. I mean, that's what happens with Walsh, um, arguably with players like Doc. You know, you work hard, you outrun your opponent and you get free as the Mm. game opens up late. So it's disappointing. But he's the opposite. He's the one that gets run off at the end of the game, which really hurts. So you touched on him briefly, but uh, I I thought Setterfield was okay again. I'm not minding Setterfield. No, I liked it. He was in some really good spots. He took some good grabs. Should have had that goal. Some important tackles. Yes, he should have had that goal. Yeah. Had some chances. He kept his space on the wing and um, it's probably telling that he's still in the team and Lob got dropped considering that all we've talked about is Lockie O'Brien all, yeah. all season long. Yeah. Well, I'm saving that for the coach's box. So before we get there, can I have your votes for the Ooh, Blue yes. Pod BNF? Let actually, let's, uh, let's get the BNF music going. And we post our... BNF leaderboard on the dot blue pod on Instagram and the blue pod on Twitter. Actually, apologies. I don't think I did update it last about week. About to say, did you do it this week? I'm, do you want me to give you a quick rundown? Yeah, give us a rundown. I apologize. I'll post it again this week. I'll give you everyone the top five or so. So this is before this week's game. Before obviously. the votes go in this week, uh, Cripps is leading on fifteen, Kennedy and Doherty on eleven, Kerno and Mackay. Mackay. Sometimes I go to say Mackay. I know. On seven, Silvani Hewitt six, Walsh four, Sard four, and then there's a few with threes and twos and ones at the end. The voting system, if you're new to the Blue Pod, we get ten votes each each week, and we can allocate them as we see fit, as long as we give no player more than five. And interestingly, Weeders doesn't feature on our leaderboard. I think he missed out a few weeks no, prior. he's there. He's on there with a vote. You gave him a vote No, no, week. not in the oh. what you just read out. He definitely is on there. Yeah, interesting for me that I think he might have gone unsung, but I've been watching him closely and I didn't think he deserved to vote this I know. After week. our criticism, I watched him even close. It's probably his worst game ever yeah. of you know, recent memory. So tell me, who's your votes? Uh, I'll start with – I'll start from the top. I thought Charlie got three votes. I'm um, only three votes today well, for this one. Interesting. Okay. Uh, goal every quarter. Yeah, huge. Lots of marks. Thought he had a really good game. And the scary thing is, he probably dropped a chess mark in I think the first or second quarter. Yeah, could have could, had have, more. could have had a couple. I mean, that goes probably for every four. They probably all miss a few chances. But I was really impressed with his consistent game. Yeah, he was great. Uh, for two votes, uh, Harry, who I th- also thought was super consistent, had a really strong game. 
And I would have liked to have given him three, but I, there was a few players I want to try to give votes to and yeah. it's tough to squeeze them all in. It is, yeah. So Harry had two, Walsh with two, partly for his just amazing start, set the tone early. Yep, he really uh, did. He stepped up in Cripper's absence. I wondered who would. I thought it might be Kennedy. Definitely it was Walsh. Walsh went for it. And Chera I also gave two votes to. I thought it was his oh, best game okay. for us so far. I was really, really impressed with his yep. game. Fair call. And I gave a vote to Sauce for his amazing work in the ruck, even though he was up against the rookie. For someone who's undersized, he's everywhere. He got one goal, I think, or did he get two for the game? Uh, He got one when he went back to kick it. He just looked knackered, the poor guy. He's (laughs) rucking and he's everywhere, but he's doing it all. And he missed that shot in the first quarter, so he could have easily had two goals. And he had a really good game. Uh, And that's my votes. I think that's all ten. So So three to Charlie, two to Walsh, Harry, and Chera, one to Sauce. And I've just written. I thought Sard, Williams, and Hewitt were pretty unlucky not to get a vote. Yeah, Sard had that really important touch right at the end. I think it was Saad. I couldn't actually see on the screen, but the, as they were going over the back again and it rebounded and I couldn't see who it was. It was Saadi, I think. I'm not sure which one you're talking oh, about, okay. but well, it, we'll just go with we'll it. We'll just go with it. Saad always has the important touches. All right, my votes. Found it really hard as well because I wanted to give threes, but then I couldn't separate these players. So I've given two votes to Walsh. Similarly, set the tone, So such high intensity. He really res- responded from last week and from the get-go. That's what we wanted to see. Uh, Harry with two and Charlie with two. Yeah. I couldn't separate those three. I thought they were all excellent. I fiddled with having Charlie or Harry on three, but I actually thought Harry was just as important as Charlie. I thought he was too, but I thought five goals doesn't happen often. Yeah, true, true. Yeah. Um, and Walsh I thought was just so critical in the middle. So two to Walsh, two to Harry, two to Charlie, and then I've got four, one, Pointers. Ooh, that's different. Uh, I know. <laughs> Some like me to scattergun. Fish gets a vote from me. Yeah, I. Yep, I like it. Um, Chera gets a vote. Hewitt gets a vote, and Pido, my boy, I gave him a vote. Yeah, I, I think they're all really worthy. It was quite a for a game where we let them back in. There's still quite a lot of players you thought had a pretty good game. And it was funny, like yeah. we're saying, when you're going through trying to pick out the bad players, I actually struggled to pick out anyone that had a horrendous game. It was a bit of a funny one, wasn't well, it? Well, that's the mystery. Why do we fade so badly? That Let's talk about it. Let's go into the coach's box. All right, coach's box. To start us off, Matt, there's a lot to talk about here, but just quickly on those big selection calls, what did you make of them? So you think it was fine. You were happy with TDK being dropped and you were happy with Lockie O'Brien being dropped. Yeah, Lockie, I was surprised they dropped him. I, I thought he was stiff. Yeah, I thought he was a little stiff, but I don't mind. I thought there were some players with really good form in the twos. And you and like the rewarding of form? I like reward form. Why? Yeah. Otherwise, why would people want to play well in the twos? I mean, they yeah. want to win. But, you know, I mean, I think it's good to have that natural pressure and also to know that in yeah. the ones you need to perform, you don't want to get dropped after one bad game. But obviously they weren't happy and I think Voss – loves players going a bit harder than perhaps Lockie O'Brien does. Yeah, yeah. Okay, interesting. Uh, well, obviously T- we won, so it's justified, but TDK. Yeah. TDK, I think, had really dropped off in form. I don't know whether he was just struggling for a bit of fitness. Apparently he didn't play well in the reserves either. He played up, from what I saw, he played up forward a lot Didn't because they gave Murkov a lot of ruck time, but yeah. depressingly Soldo, who's like the backup ruck at Richmond, destroyed Murkov and... Dom DeConning in the ruck, really which was depressing. not good. I was watching, I was like, this is not good. <laughs> just shows you all. how, like... He just – Murkov needs a whole heap more size on him. He just got yeah. pushed out of the way. That's all right. And then we also dropped – Boyd, Fogarty and Plowman. 
Yeah, I thought that's all. I think that's fine. Enough. The only yeah. one I thought was stiff was Lockie. I was okay with the rest, and I'm also like the rewarding of form and keeping pressure on the spots. And um, it's different because in years gone by, we just stick with the 22 with the other coaches. So I like that Voss is setting standards and making statements on form. Give people chances. But I just thought Lockie was unlucky out of those. With that said, tell me your initial coaches' box thoughts. I mean. What's going wrong where we're getting these massive lapses? We've only won, what is it now, like eight of 21 quarters for the year? Our yeah. good's great, but our bad's bad. I don't think our laps this week was – everyone's saying second half, but it was more like a quarter. If you go from the seven yeah, minutes of the end of the third to probably the last five minutes of the last quarter where we played a bit better, it was about a 30-minute patch where we really dropped off. But we are noticeably tired in the second is it a half. fitness issue? I mean, we've got some questions in the mailbag, spoiler alert about that. What's your take? I just think more it's a combination of our game style. So we were, and I think they're still trying to figure it out. And I think they were trying to counter it a bit with a few of those ins this week. We were carrying an extra tall forward compared to most teams. And yep. now we dropped that and we went the extra small forward, which doesn't really help you in the midfield, but gives you a bit more speed. Yeah. Uh, then the other thing we're carrying Kennedy for the stoppage work, yeah, which is almost like being a midfielder down and we didn't have the extra. God, you are all over Kennedy this way. Oh, no. Like if he plays yeah. well, I think you carry him. Like, you, yeah, you, you know, if he's going to make – Yeah, it just makes it harder in that second half. Yeah. And we're just a contested team. We rely on winning contested ball. We rely on contested marking. And then when we're just that little bit off, we're just not moving the ball as well and then chances open up. I thought we did a good chance of – Obviously, though, I think the word's gotten out that we're susceptible to being opened up through the corridor and Port tried it well, That's the it problem, that every team thinks they can get a run on against us and we're beatable. Yes, and I felt like we cut off the corridor and made them pay, which was part of the reason we had such a big lead. But one thing that really annoyed me was Hinkley in his press conference. What did he say? I haven't seen it. He was just talking about the game in general and he was trying to defend their Zippano five-star. But at one point, a commentator asked, when you were at halftime – Having, you know, knowing you're playing Carlton, did you tell your players you're still in with a chance? Oh, I hate that Down question. By, no, thank you to that reporter. <laughs> Down by 50 points at half time. That's and Hinkley's response was, well, we do research during the week on all our teams and we knew coming into the game that we're always a chance to come back against Carlton would always give us an opportunity That's or something like that. That's disrespect for us, but Which why don't teams respect us like Well, because we've been at the bottom of the ladder for the last decade. But that is disrespect and that's what I don't want our team to – be in other in other teams' eyes, always gettable even with a fifty point lead. So I think this is part of our problem. Our problem is partly game plan, but our other problem is that teams always think they're going to be able to beat us. Yeah. Because we've been so bad for so long. And unfortunately I think we're going to have a year of we just have to keep winning. Yeah. And even if they're not big wins, we win. And if we have a really good season this season and we get that respect, next year when we're playing a team and we're up by fifty points the team will just drop their head drop their and they'll be like, yeah. well, Carlton are a pretty good team. There's no way we're going to close that 50-point gap. I look forward to that moment. It also I requires us point. to beat up on a few teams yeah. too. Which is just – it was so disappointing this week because we need a percentage jump. Our percentage is pretty low for um, where we are in the eight. It's 106 or something. Yeah. Um, and it would have been nice to put the foot to the pedal. Maddie, I'm massively concerned about the fact we cannot – Get it out of defence. The bombing oh. down the line. What is going on there? There's a lack of movement, a lack of run, and we bomb it down the line. And then turnover city. They just come back. They were go- we were bombing it and they were goaling. It was it was on repeat. Yeah. That- I mean the defenders are all under pressure, so you don't want them to kick a goal. So you've got to get it out of there. But the the bombing down the line and the way you're setting up, like 
Best case scenario, you managed to get a mark. Yeah. But then you got nothing to kick it to anyway. Yeah, exactly. And there's this slow regain of territory. Why aren't we changing direction? A short kick, just something. Setterfield at one point, they marked it for a goal. Like everyone was doing it. It's not just Setterfield. It was driving me crazy. We could not move it out of defence and it's a consistent problem. I felt like Williams was the biggest culprit and I didn't yes, think he had a bad yes. game but Williams is really keen just to whack it on his boot and get yes. it out of there and you do need to clear it and sometimes you are under pressure and you don't want to muck around with it and concede from, you know, get it holding the ball or something. But we are slightly trigger happy on pulling that. And I You're also, right, Williams is particularly trigger happy. That's a very good call. I noticed that as well, that when it, you, it got to him, you knew he was going to wheel around. And, and I, I feel like it's more symptomatic of it being an issue in the second half when the players are more tired. So no yeah. one's moving as much. Maybe Williams looks up and no one's... There's just he just no doesn't have an option. Yeah. Doesn't have a handball received to yeah. give it to. So he just whacks on the boot and gets it out of there. It was just but what's the fix there? I guess is it is it a fitness issue? I guess we come back to that question. <sighs> yeah, it's you just need people to work harder to get themselves open. And maybe you do need to say Williams like, you know, maybe lower the eyes. Yeah. And try hit up that first pass. And do you think not having sauce in that was he playing the link role? I guess because he's rucking and like uh, we have Charlie's playing the link role, but but were we missing that this week? What was it? There was a couple of times where Owies was the guy there where you'd rather it be a big and he would take that mark. Yeah, oh, I don't know. I'm not sure. I just I don't really know what the the solution is at the moment to be honest. Because I think it's more to do with the pressure where the ball the way the ball is coming in and the pressure they're under. Yep. Uh, but then yeah, it's just. I think the frustrating thing is even if you bomb it out and it bombs in and it bombs out, you end up with this, you know, eventually they're going to score. The thing that annoys me is once they do get that behind or even a goal and it resets, they seem to be able to go when we don't have the momentum and just come straight back in again. That's what's frustrating, isn't it? It's yeah. just we don't seem to have the ability when, when, when the chips are down to break through and get it back into our Ford 50 and lock it in there. It was just locked in there, Ford 50, for the back half of the game and we could not get it out. Yeah, I think it's definitely a lack of hard runners, I think, is the issue. Yeah. And, I mean, look at our team. Who do, We don't have too many elite endurance athletes and that's one thing Lockie was actually pretty yeah. good at. Obviously with Walshy, but he's the exception. Those people who can just run all day long at high speed and just manage to get themselves open and provide yeah. that option that you yeah. can – because you really need about two or three uncontested possessions to give everyone else a chance to I thought that's what we needed reset. to do more in the back half of this week, just possess the ball a bit more. We just yep. didn't have our hands on it for any length of time. We kept turning it over. I just wanted them to slow down, spend them, spend some time with yeah. the ball in their hands. Those halfbacks only settle. got one speed. Saad, Williams, yeah. they just get the ball and want to go, go 100%. I thought a bit of maturity might have been to just possess and calm down, but it, but it wasn't to be. So what do we need to, to do? I guess as we've said, Vossi's going to be ironing out issues and taking some time to tinker and fiddle with these things. So it's great that we get the points in the bag while we're figuring it out. But, I mean, how do we stop? How do we put our foot to the pedal and, and stop that these runs of goals, which is a theme of years gone by and continuing now? Yeah, it was sort of at the end of that third and a few of them were quick and unlucky. I just, I just, I just don't know anymore, to be honest. Yeah. You, I mean, you keep asking me what do we do and I'm just, you know, if I no, knew I'd probably be coaching the team. <laughs> you take losses. Well, we know that the bombing down the line consistent, like it's just yeah. not going to happen. And I, I think it's just lack of ability to run and get yeah. easy ball. Yeah, I think so. But we're still glass half full. What about changes for next week? No one stood up in the reserves. Obviously, Cripps comes back in. Yes. Hopefully. Yep. So who does he come in for? Are you making any changes? I think there's definitely changes abroad. Yep. Who do you think? Mm, I don't want to drop a small forward. I'd, I'd probably like to drop 
Noons. Yeah, I've got Noons coming out. Uh, maybe Noons out, Crips in. Yeah. Walsh maybe so. plays a bit more on the wing or Chera a bit more on the wing. To and Walsh the was playing a bit more of an uncontested game, getting a bit more run. and He was just yeah. bursting out of the clearances. Which is great. And I thought about this seriously and I know we sort of have a running joke about it a little bit with Kemp and his game on the weekend yeah. wasn't great, but he has been building a bit of slow form, but I'm sick of the role Martin's playing in the forward line. Okay, interesting. So you wouldn't mind Kemp. And we're he's talking – Timber to bring in for Martin. He's a big boy. I know, and that's the whole point. He's a more of a hit-up forward. Yeah. So we, you may you say, what do we, like, you know, we need to get the ball out of defense from bombing. Yeah. Maybe having a taller forward presence. Yeah. A uh, guy who's going to work up and down the wing, provide that extra get-out-of-jail, easy mark, link up with the forward line. Yeah. I know Martin had a pretty good game bobbed up for a couple goals, and I'm not sure how they feel about the team balance, but I wouldn't mind seeing. And TDK was originally that extra tall forward, but his form was so bad we didn't roll with him. Yep. The only other tall forward we really have on the list that we can play is Kemp. Yeah, okay, I can't so mind it. I wouldn't I thought mind it. It won't happen, I don't think, but I would wouldn't I mind it. wouldn't mind seeing a bit of a structure change. Try helps out in those contested situations. Yep. And yeah, maybe get Kemp into that forward line. And do you think Parks holds his spot? I think he probably does. Yeah, I think he holds yeah. his spot. It's depressing because McGovern and McDonald, such good preseason, look so good, but their bodies, you just yeah. can't rely on them coming into the team. And it's a bit of a tricky one. It's why yeah. I'm sort of really excited about Young being in the team. Uh, yeah, as far as I know, I don't know about his Bulldogs days, but yeah. so far, you know, seems fairly resilient and yep. stands up and he's playing pretty well. And I think they're the guys you've really got to build a team around. You can't be relying on guys who can only play 10 games a year. Yeah, who can't pull it together. Uh, we've got Freo next week before we jump into the next quarter. I, uh, over there. I never mind it when we play Freo over there. We seem to do okay. We don't We don't mind a good old uh, win against the Against the we don't mind playing against Frio. You know, they're one team that we do seem to perform better against, but Frio are in really good form. It's actually – is it the first time we're playing a team that's in the top eight this season? It could be. Uh, well, Hawthorne have snuck into the top eight with yeah. their victory today. Yes, true. Uh, we're sitting six on the ladder, Freo sitting second, both with one loss, but their percentage is a lot better than, than ours. It's a big test coming it's up. It's probably one of the bigger tests we've had. They're in probably better – I would argue they're in better form than we are. They've been a bit of a surprise packet uh, this season. They had Tabiner kick seven goals on the weekend, which I think mm. is the highest of anyone in the season. They've got quite tall team. They've got Frederick and Lobb up forward, pretty dangerous. Yeah. Walters is quick. Oh, Walters, yeah. Uh, Brayshaw's having an amazing season out of the midfield. Uh, Driscoll, one of their rookies, is having a really good run to the year. I'm sure everyone's got him in their fantasy teams. And then down back, they've got Alex Pierce, who's become a really good player. Ryan's been pretty good for a few years now. Hayden Young's come on. So they're pretty pretty solid. Solid team. Sean Darcy, one of the emerging young Ruckmans. And unlike ours, he's, he's a bit like a... A bit more like a pidnet, like a big. He's a big, yeah, solid okay. lump of a lad. More traditional ruckman. Yeah, so wrong. Will Brody's having a fantastic year for him. We're well, having... not filling me with confidence, Matty. Yeah, <laughs> well, really I'm bizarre. not confident. They've had a really good year. They've got a lot of good players on their list. They've... It'll take our best for longer than two quarters. They're a good young team. Yeah, it'd have to. It'll be a really, and over there makes it even yeah. tougher. So it's going to be a really, really tough assignment next week. Let's hope Cripps comes back in. Uh, that'll be critical, I think. Yep. So we're playing them on the Saturday evening over in uh, over in Frio, which will seven. 40 local time. All right. Well, let's jump into the fourth quarter and do our fun segments to finish off. All right. In the fourth quarter, if you're new to the blue pod, we have a few fun segments we finish up with. The first one is our buzzword game. And the buzzword game is born out of really the Bolton era where we got fed up with coaches <laughs> repeating themselves nonstop. So Maddie and I pick a word or a phrase we think will be repeated to death by the coach 
and whoever picks the phrase that is said most often wins. Vossi is ruining the buzzword game he by not being too repetitive. An elusive character. I know, can I say I like his media performance actually? He speaks quite well. Very honest, isn't it? Yeah, I liked him pre-game um, on, on Fox Footy on the weekend and also I thought his press conference mm. perhaps a tad upbeat for how he <laughs> Well, I guess when you're winning it's easy to be upbeat, isn't it? But we've got the win in the pocket so I was okay with it. Maddie, hit the intro. La, 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 la. Love it every time. What word have you gone with this week, Maddie? I was pretty hell bent on going with one or two ways. There was efficiency and go to work, but I'm yeah. nervous because he seems to mix it up. He doesn't like to repeat, and he's used efficiency the last two weeks, which is why I was like, I was keeping an eye out for it. Okay. But I'm gonna. I haven't had a win for a while. And the only so thing, playing a safe bet. I think the only time I've ever won is with go to work. And All right, so, you're so going I'm work. going to work this week. Yeah, it's a safe bet, and it is the point of the game to see if he repeats phrases. I've gone with intensity. Oh, um, okay, yeah. He's mentioned a couple times, and I thought our intensity dropped off, and I thought that could come up. So yeah, let's see. Go to work or intensity. So many options as well. Sustainable. There's a lot. But There's okay, let's lot. see how those let's ones see. go. If we lost some intensity around the ball, and we'll keep going to work, and we just lost some intensity. Um, you get to work during the week and this says that we just need to keep going to work on that. Hey, finally, <laughs> back on the board. Go to work. It's yes. Back. It's back with it's the It's about time I reestablished myself as the buzzword champion. Yeah. It got, okay, so go to work. was One trick pony maybe. Well, that, that seems to be his favourite phrase from what I can tell from the buzzword hey. games to date. So. Boys, go to work. You're back to the right one. All right, Maddie, we've got a huge mailbag segment. What's non gene not a gene board to say as I choke on what I've already uh, <laughs> I know we sort of scoffed a few on that a third uh, quarter yeah. siren. We have a selection of biscuits, mainly jam biscuits today, which uh, we're just saying once you have one, it's hard, it's hard, hard to stop. stop. Yeah, they're disappearing before my eyes they during really this podcast. Are. Down, down my mouth. All right, Maddie, a lot of questions coming through. This one's from Thummy Lou on Instagram. As I have mentioned, if you want to send us your questions, we're at the dot blue pod on Instagram and the blue pod on Twitter. And we do a call out and we love to hear from you guys. So give us a follow. I should also say while I'm plugging things, <laughs> if you like what you're listening to, follow or subscribe so we pop up in your feed each week and tell other people about it because we grow by word of mouth. So now that I've given us a nice little plug, <laughs> <laughs> we'll dive into the mailbag. Thummy Lou, uh, and we've got a similar question from James, so I'll read them both. Thummy Lou says, are we just not fit enough to run out four quarters or is it a mentality thing? And James Calaf basically asked the same question. So what do we say to that, Maddie? I don't think it's a mentality thing. I think they don't stop. I don't think the effort goes down. I think it's more game style and personnel. Yeah, I think we've covered that off. And I think, um, like you've said, it is perhaps a bit of a lack of running power to give options in that. It's an interesting one. I do wonder whether sometimes when they have these leads, they come out and say, like, you know, let's just control the game, hold our lead. And they sort of did that for a lot of that third quarter. But then at some point it just seems like... The foot goes off the pedal. The foot goes off the pedal. The other team kicks a couple. We're a, a bit flat-footed because we've changed our style a bit and then it gets away from us. It, but it's not being ruthless. It's hard to know if that's a directive or if that's, yeah, that lack of fitness and personnel. But I think they'll keep tinkering, yeah. you know, with how many tools we have, how many smalls we have and who rotates through the middle and... Yeah, so I'm I, sure throughout the year it'll improve. So I don't think it's a mentality thing either. I think you're right. It, it's a, it's a needing to get a balance. And this next question kind of flows from that. Andrew Blues on Twitter said, is our game plan taking too much out of us? I wonder if this is a, a tipping 
Oh, could be Andrew. Andrew Bray. Bray. Yeah, from make sure Blue we get Boys. the footy tipping up. We better. Sorry, what was his out. question? I missed it. You were too excited by. I saw the name. <laughs> I heard the name, and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Uh, is our game plan taking too much out of us? I think that's a possibility. Yeah. They run a pretty – but, I th- you know, the more you do it, the better you get at it. Maybe, they're, you know, you build the fitness base throughout the season. We also haven't had much time with Voss to work on game style. Yeah, it's a work in progress. It's definitely a work in progress. But it does seem like at the moment it's too taxing. Well, it's all or nothing. It is. It's like a, it's 100% or – because we're relying on just getting the ball. We rely on scoring. I know that yeah. sounds silly, no, yeah. but some teams rely on like tempo games and chipping and possession and working it forward. Whereas we rely on getting the ball in quick. And, then and when we there. do, we generally kick the goal, goes back to the middle. We rely on winning it in the middle. Yeah. We kick another goal. So it's just really just like helter skelter. Like we just pile and it on. Just, I feel like we don't have a plan when it's not in the middle or in our Ford 50. We just can't. Yeah. We've talked about it to death, but that I think it is. Having said all this, I much prefer being way in front and holding on than being a team that relies on being able to run out games and come from behind because that's never by, we would have yeah. lost we would have been Port Adelaide we would have done the big run late and then yeah, sometimes you're too knackered from making your run and then you, and then you don't yeah. get across Richmond the line. won premierships by going like at 100 million miles an hour in the first two quarters and building a lead and hanging on. That's pretty much yeah. that was their style, just going crazy and then just building a lead that people couldn't get past. So. And it's almost like that if only we could uh, get other teams thinking they can't get past <laughs> us. Kanda 100, shout out to Kanda who's given us a few questions this week. Um, I've picked this one. Did you notice how many times we kicked it to Owies above his shoulders? Yeah. Three times at least. It was poor kicking to him, but I think he gets dropped. What are your thoughts? It was poor kicking to him and maybe it was that we're saying that's why I was sort of advocating getting another tall in again until yeah. he's out of form, so maybe Kemp. I don't think it's any secret that I don't think always is like our best small forward, but I think yeah. the combination, he lays really good tackles. I think the combination of him, Durden and Fisher is a really nice combination. At the moment, they all bring different qualities. Yeah. I don't think he gets dropped. And no one, and Philp's been playing really well, so he would probably be the one that would come in at the moment. I think the Dirt and Owies combo is working though. And like you say, with Fisher bobbing up. So I don't think he gets dropped, dropped either, but I am surprised that he was being a target repetitively. So It's like probably just because he positioned himself yeah, well. Yeah, probably because he was in front. Yeah. Ash Gallagher says, what would you recommend to Vossi to prevent the dreaded, seemingly inevitable five goal runs from the opposition? Game mm. management seems to be a consistent problem. And I'm just going to read uh, two more questions that are very similar. One from, I think I've written this name wrong, Domain the Den. Sorry if I've got that wrong. Our last quarter against Richmond, our second quarter against the Bulldogs and our first half against Port were unbeatable but we're unbeatable easy beats. How do you recommend that Voss stop this? And then Evan Morton said, what changes do we have to make to become a four-quarter team? We seem so disrespected and every team thinks we're gettable. So the theme there is what do we recommend to prevent the dreaded run against us? Our best is great but we seem to uh, be gettable and disrespected by other teams. I think... The one of the things that happens, and we didn't have a heap of chances, but maybe just taking those chances we do get when the flow's against us. And I know that's been yeah. talked about, but if a team kicks a couple and then you get one back, which there was moments in the third quarter where Charlie had a really good chance where he got yeah. out on the lead and marked it and missed it. I mentioned Martin's mark and miss. Exactly. Harry had a mark and miss. You take those opportunities and takes the steam out of. It does. I, I thought that that was critical as well because Port started to get a sniff in that third quarter, and if we just put out put out that sniff, mm. and uh, it gives your team energy, and it gives us energy and makes them drop their shoulders because they think, oh, even when we try hard, we're out of it. Yeah, really important. To, to be able to do that, but... Oh, uh, yeah, so I think it's more just like... Taking those chances. Yeah, taking those chances. And it would be nice to generate a few more, but if you can take a few more of those chances, you take the steam out of it, you go back to our strength, which is 
uh, stoppage work because when we yeah. kick a goal, it goes back to the middle. Yeah. And I think if we can do that, that would uh, really go a long way to stopping these run-ons. Instead of five goal run-ons, they become two or three goal run-ons. And if we can do that, then I think, as we've talked about, it'll go a long way to stopping every team from thinking we get a ball. Yeah, I think that's just going to take I, – I mean, obviously if we work. smash a few teams and play incredibly well, put a, put a four-quarter performance together for yeah. once, that would go a long way towards it. But I think also it's just going to take a year of having a winning season before teams respect us and actually drop their heads. And then when next year, maybe when teams drop their heads, we will get those games where we just smash them. Melbourne's getting a few of those this year where teams just give up. Melbourne, who had 20,000 turn up to their game after winning the Premiership. <laughs> Ooh, burn. Sorry. Sorry, but they're not they're not the blue baggers, the D supporters. Mark DT for our last Twitter question, Twitter and Instagram question. Is our biggest issue midfield speed and spread or being unable to rebound from defence? My view is the latter. What's your view? Rebound? I think rebound, yeah, is the issue. I think it is when it's stagnant and it gets in deep. But generally speaking, we have lots of run off the back line. So is it is the biggest issue midfield spread or speed? I would have gone midfield spread. But I mean I get yeah. what you're saying. We do have that we have that we you're get right, stuck we in those have... ruts where it just goes yeah. in gets stuck and we bomb it out and they just kick it back in, we bomb it out, they kick it back in. But we do have a lot of run we off. We should the have back. a lot of round and you're right, we can rebound, but I guess maybe not rebounds the wrong word then. My biggest issue is just getting stuck back there as we've talked about. But you think midfield spread and speed is a bit of an issue? Yeah, I think I think so. If I mean this is all very sort of maybe simplistic ways of looking at it, but if we do bomb that ball out like Williams does, shoots it out and we get a bit of a contest and we are outnumbered. We know our midfielders who have pushed into defence need to come swarming forward and lock that ball up on that half forward flank rather than letting it come back in, which is sort of spread. Or, you know, if we do manage to mark it, we need those midfielders to be there as options for those easier passes. So I think it's a little bit of midfield spread. Do you have the footy tipping up, Maddie? I Let's give a shout-out to our leaders. So uh, I've got a confession to make with my tipping this week. I've been putting it in early. And you forgot. I forgot. Are you just pretending because I'm beating you? <laughs> oh, trust me. I'm, uh, probably the Was ones, it your best round? Probably the ones I put in probably were all ones that were ones that I, you know, probably got wrong at the end. <laughs> but I remember thinking, oh, I reckon I've done all right this week. And I logged in, I'm like, really, did I tip them? And then I saw I didn't tip any of them. And yes, I was like, damn it. So about save tips. the first five or six games and there was a few pretty easy ones in there. So I've probably, I don't even know, I'm probably way down the bottom now. But uh, we've still got Andrew B with Blue Boys 91 leading the way, but Jess, 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 has closed right in with a nut. Well, they've both tipped seven this week, so she's hey. right uh, right behind him, one behind, although her margin work, she probably needs to tip the margins a bit more accurately if it's going to be a close finish. She's got a bit of a gap. Uh, Nara. Uh, tip six this week. She's on hey, 30. Yeah. Patrick also tip six. He's also on 30. Where am I? Let's, let's get to the important stuff. <laughs> and we've got a newcomer into the top five, okay. Phil B with Breezel. Uh, you are... Not Phil from last week's pod for anyone. <laughs> no, that's not Phil. You've slid down to 11th. You only got oh, five this week. God. You did not have Why a good week. Why did I ask? Why did I ask? Shocker. And if I keep going down You'll find yourself a long somewhere. <laughs> way. I got three this week Maddie, that's with my way. fail to get the tips in. So Different I'm going to have to become a tipping savant uh, if I'm going to make a push for the top three. Yeah, something amazing yeah. is going to have to happen. All right, I think that does it for this week's pod. Hopefully a win. What's your prediction, Maddie, against Freo? It's going to be a tight one. I'll give us a one-goal victory. Yeah, I'd take one goal. It'd been improving all weeks <laughs> in the past. 
I'll back us in for a 21-point victory over there, which is very, very optimistic because I'm quite worried. Cripps might be back though. Cripps will be back and if we can win over there against Freo, a real test, it would be a real sign. And I'm actually sick of the naysayers on Twitter saying, Carlton, they're no good. They could be 23. I feel like they affected our performance. I felt like we dipped a bit in the third this week. Yeah, exactly. exactly. (laughs) I'm sick of hearing it. So I'd love to put an end to all of that. We'll be back next week, hopefully dropping on Monday next week, but we'll let you know. Um, As I said, follow and subscribe and we'll be in your feed when you uh, open your podcast app. Otherwise, We'll be back next week. Thanks, Maddie. Thanks, Sessie. Go, please.